Hey guys, it's Drew and Elijah here. We're back for another podcast in our series on tradition. So in our last podcast, we talked about what I call the reverse yardstick problem, which is where people react from their tradition and then just end up trying to do everything that tradition asked them not to do in, in a reactionary way. Um, today we're here to talk about does tradition hurt our ability to reach out to outsiders? I mean, I, I think this question stems from a very legitimate concern people have as they look at um, the wider Anabaptist community and at large. You know, we have to say we haven't been extremely effective in, in reaching out, making new disciples and mission work, or even integrating other people into our churches. You know, maybe it's maybe it's not just a question of unbelievers, say, but people that haven't been raised in an Anabaptist setting. Um, why are we not having more success in being able to relate with these people and being able to help them see, you know, if we really do feel like our way of life is something valuable, why aren't we doing a better job helping other people to appreciate it? And to add a little bit more context, from my perspective, I went on a missions training course um, in Ghana for a couple of years where a significant part of the focus was learning about culture and asking the, the questions of how does my culture relate to the way I look at life and where am I taking my culture and importing it as I preach the gospel? Because we don't want to be importing our culture into other cultures and forcing them not just to become Christians, but to become American or mm -hmm. to become, you know, my culture. So I thought a lot about culture and I asked a lot of questions about myself, who I am, how I thought, and things that I did and asked, so how much of this is actually right in a, in a moral sense? And how much of it is just, this is the way I've done it and that's fine. Right. Um, and so I asked the question because I wanted to reach out more effectively across cultures. Well, immediately my mind went back to America and I began asking myself, so what about our churches in America? Um, are there cultural differences that are just that cultural differences that are keeping other people who don't share the same culture, um, from effectively joining and, and making it. And from my perspective as someone whose, whose parents, came in from a background uh, that was not Anabaptist and drew your uh, in the same boat. Right. Um, I knew that there were cultural differences that my parents had to overcome mm -hmm. to join an Anabaptist church. And so I'm still asking many of those same questions of how do we reach out more effectively and where is our culture inhibiting us? Yeah. You know, it's interesting, Elijah, um, both you and I are here and, you know, as you said, both of, both of our parents' backgrounds were, were not in this Anabaptist setting. Um, and I think we have seen um, some difficulties in this. Um, and maybe I'm not disagreeing with the perspective you bring there, but just maybe the another angle to look at this. I feel like I'm surrounded by a lot of people within the community that are that are within the community and have been for a long time that feel very apologetic about being part of the community and feel like it's really hard to join. Mm. And look, both you and I have done, if I may say so, um, just fine in terms of our own personal development. There were certain things that we had to work through. You know, I think of 
difficulties in my own life. Um, and yet, I'm a little bit reluctant to do too much of a, it would be, I feel like it'd be very dishonest for me to try to play into any kind of victim narrative mm. that, you know, I've had a really hard time ever being able to, to join here or fit in. There have been difficulties for sure, and I don't expect them all to go away. And yet, I still feel like we need to keep that in perspective as well as we look at this. Now, to be fair, you and I both grew up practically in this environment, and so we had a lot of chance to mm-hmm. uh, take in the culture. And it's hardly a fair comparison to someone who comes from an entirely different background at 30 or 50 or 60 um, and has to rethink their culture and integrate into a different culture. Um, right. Yeah, fair point, Elijah, to how we both kind of been more integrated because we grew up into it. Um, and the, the objections I made earlier to being too quick to jump on our tradition, of course, I understand it's only the one perspective. Um, I do think we, we need to be very, um, very cautious of kind of going back to our, some of what we'd said in the last podcast, kind of employing this reverse yardstick model where we just see um, there's tradition that might not be helpful. And so then we're just kind of, um, what could you say, burning down what we have because we feel like, you know, well, some people don't, haven't done well at our churches. So therefore, you know, that's just kind of, let's kind of blow the whole thing up and then try to mm-hmm. start over again. Because I feel like that's a very unhelpful way of of approaching this. And, and ultimately, and I think this is probably the crucial point here, we are never going to win people to Christ by by simply being like them or by being mm-hmm. culturally relevant. That is not what's at the heart of the gospel. Right. And so while, while there are things that can distract them from the gospel that we need to be careful to um, make sure they aren't there hindering us, um, we need to remember what our ultimate message is and what's ultimately going to be winning people over to Christ. And it's not that, hey, I stopped wearing um, a cape dress and now I'm cool like you are. I mean, that's <laughs> not going to do anything for anybody. For sure. And I think both of us have heard from people who who joined or who have related to people within the Anabaptist world and have seen people like that who um, had really tried to just get rid of as many traditions as possible, mm-hmm. uh, try to just look like like other uh, you know people from mainstream America, et cetera. And those looking on were sort of disgusted. It wasn't attractive in the least. Right. Um, to see people who are just trying to, quote, be like them. Uh, and yet, oftentimes they were, they were losing much of what was interesting and helpful and beneficial about their, their tradition. And so outsiders looking on were saying, that's not attractive. That's not something I'd, I'd want to join and be a part of, whatever those people who are trying to throw off traditions are representing. Right. I think some of this comes down to you know, we do not want to be unnecessarily different. And yet as Christians, we will necessarily be different because mm-hmm. that's the whole, the, the message of Christianity isn't, hey, we're actually just like you, so you can come join us after all. That is not at all what we were mm-hmm. representing. So no matter what, there are going to be ways in which we are different, and we shouldn't be embarrassed about that. You know, and, and that's where I feel like this vague sense of doubt that, you know, well, I don't feel like my community has done well enough integrating other people into it, and again, possibly a fair objection. But if we just go around kind of vaguely feeling like we're out of touch because we just aren't like people around us, you know, well, I'm not all up to date on the trends and the fashion and everything, you know, so I feel a little bit embarrassed about that. 
it's not helpful to it's not going to be helpful to us and enable us to relate better. And again, back to the whole thing of building positive habits, mm-hmm. I do think there are ways in which we do need to have an understanding and be more, maybe you could even say relatable with people around us by understanding what they're going through or maybe understanding their culture more, even if we don't um, adapt to it ourselves in every way. But that is a mindset thing. And it needs to be, we need to look at it on the level of um, how can we how can we relate better to others in relationships, not just, not just how do we look like others? Right. Uh, or how do we move away from traditions? You know, it's interesting in our debate, uh, Drew, last year, one of the things you kept pressing was that I had perhaps too much of an attitude of getting rid of things in order to be more effective, getting rid of this tradition or that tradition. And your point was that, hey, if you have the attitude of, if we just get rid of as many traditions as possible, we'll be the most effective. That is not going to produce a strong, healthy culture mm-hmm. and is ultimately not going to be attractive to others anyway. Right. Um, and I think that is definitely true. And conversely, if we really focus on what is unique and different and yet beautiful and true about Christianity, which is the gospel and, and is the gospel changing all of our lives, um, not just what we believe, what we think, but also the way we live life in every area. If we focus on that, that is supposed to be beautiful and attractive, and it is, and people will join that. Right. You know, just to bring some scripture in here, I'm looking at John 13, 34, 35 here, where Jesus says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so you see, it's, it's nice that we don't just have um, Jesus telling us to love people here, but we actually have him saying, this is the way that people are going to know that you're my disciples. And this is really, if you can, if you will, our, it's our selling point. This is what's going to um, be able to um, stand out to the, to the world and to make people think, hmm, maybe they have something that, that I need in my life. And some of our central beliefs, and you could, you could say tradition, although I mean it in a very connected way to scripture, surrounding the way we look at politics from the kingdom perspective of us being a separate mm-hmm. uh, entity from the kingdoms of the world, and the way we forgive other people, we believe in loving our enemies, right. the way we look at work, those things are incredibly attractive to others. And you know, there's the famous example of the school shooting mm-hmm. um, of the Amish and how the Amish responded to that. The story went viral, and many people looked at that and said, wow, that's attractive. Um, it is our central beliefs, and it is tradition in, in that sense, which is so attractive to people from the outside. We have a much stronger, better view on marriage than much of the rest of the evangelical world today oh, has. Sure. Yeah. Um, and those things are beautiful and, and right mm-hmm. um, about our tradition, and we need, to, we need to lift those things up. I think that's also where we need to have an appropriate sense of humility and understanding mm-hmm. that there, we do not have the corner on, on all biblical issues. We're not implementing all things as well as we could be. And, you know, you even mentioned, you know, the, our, our strong, strong holding up of marriage. And, you know, there might be other people that um, don't hold up marriage in the family um, or you could throw some other things in there non-resistance, being willing to forgive our enemies, things of that nature. 
other places that are not as strong on those things, and yet perhaps they have other elements mm. that they have they have done better with. Maybe there is Certainly. someone that you know isn't as concerned about how they're dressing, and they are what would you say pro pro military or something like that a position we disagree with. I mean, yeah, they're they're doing better at reaching out to their neighbor than we are, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's where we we need to make sure that we don't just try to put everything in this neat package where we kind of think that, you know, you have to have all of our central beliefs and out of that we operate. Because there certainly are things that we see people outside of our immediate context perhaps doing better than we are. But again, back to your initial point, just because that's going on in some area doesn't mean that we need to be embarrassed about our traditions as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I, I still think we're, we're going to come back to more of an adding, more of a saying, look, Here's an area area where, as a church, we need to grow. We need to be more effective in being mm-hmm. able to relate than we are going to be sitting around saying, hey, let's try to let's try to ditch this practice. And, hey, fair enough. There will be some things that, in some cases, will need to be ditched. I'm not trying to say that that won't happen. But that should never be the, the starting point or the frame of reference. You know, I feel like many of us have the perspective of either you uh, are kind of arrogant about your beliefs and you feel like you have it all, mm-hmm. and you are ingrown, um, or you are just super critical of everything and and almost put down in, in as many ways as possible your specific mm. uh, faith tradition. Like, those are the two options. Yeah. And I think it's way more complicated For than sure. that. And in some ways, on the other hand, more simple, because it's complicated in, in the sense that we must hold our beliefs and understand our beliefs and value them at the same time being open to strengths in other, in other uh, areas of the Christian world and learning from them. But on the other hand, it's simple in that really what the goal is, is to know scripture, value it deeply, and wherever someone's doing it, doing it better than we are, wherever we recognize a weak area, be willing to grow in that and... Our ability to reach out to others, I think I could safely say, is related closely to how much we value the scriptures and how much we're willing to change in accordance to being more biblical. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the central way in which we're able to have more impact. Um, Even if there are some ways in which we need to be more culturally aware and able to assimilate to to some things in ways that we should, you know, and I think, Elijah, that's where some of your missions experience comes in, um... We're never going to be able to match the people around us simply by, we're never going to, well, take, take, take us here in America. We're never going to be able to, to match all the cultural practices of the people around us because there's a lot of practices and ways of viewing life that are wrong. Mm-hmm. They're unbiblical. So we're never going to be able to completely match everything. And so, and I don't, I'm not even sure the goal is necessarily to match as much as we possibly can without doing something that's wrong because... Yeah, that just seems like that's kind of a Pandora's box to open in that way. Um, it's, all, it's all going to come back to the power of the gospel and our awareness of Scripture and our, and our ability to be able to relate. Because that is something we need to see more of in our communities. We need to see a lot more of a willingness and a practical care um, manifesting outwards to the community. Mm. So what do you think about the fact that Many people look in at the Anabaptist community, let's say conservative groups that uh, don't drive cars or if they do live a a simple life, a simple lifestyle in a lot of ways, 
And that's attractive. Is that sort of attractiveness really something that is helping people join? Or is it just more in the sense of something you look at in the museum that you think is interesting, but you could never join it? Right. Well, I mean, let's let's be fair here. I don't think you or I feel like we could ever join the Amish. (laughs) So Uh it's like, I think we have to make sure that um, we don't put that on our lives because we're sure. we're far more integrated and aware of surrounding culture. I think for again for either you or I with our pursuits and our interests to think about joining the Amish seems um, seems a stretch to put it mildly. Um, but yeah, I don't think we should try to prize a sense of that what we could call museum appeal. Um, and yet in a strange way, I think we as we follow some biblical commands and principles, we might have a little bit of that. I mean, look, we aren't going around in buggies and we have electricity, we have phones, like those things right there are pretty significant differences between us and the conservative fringes of the Anabaptist movement. Um, and yet, you know, look, in our, 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 the way we dress is, of course, going to be the most obvious way in which we are um, not just like those around us. And in some cases, there might be a kind of museum appeal that comes with that. And if it's for a good reason, I don't think we should be embarrassed about it either. Um, I don't think we should cling to it as a kind of identity, but neither should we, we be embarrassed if people say, hey, you know, these people look like they're from the 1900s. You know, in some situations, if, if you don't want to look like you're from the 1900s, um, you're probably not dressed as, as you should be. And I don't think we should try to change that. So to some degree, I think I agree with you, but I I also think we have a fair amount of disagreement on this topic. And I would view, you know, what you referred to as the museum appeal as something distinctly negative when it does show up um, because of the fact that the, the sort of category you put something in that you see in a museum that you think, Hey, this is neat, but it obviously looks dated. Um, That phenomenon, I think, distinctly hurts us to the extent that people view us as something that is great to look at, interesting, but um, not something that's that's relatable. means that they're going to not view themselves as able to join, as able to be a part. Mm. And I find it hard also to see the Christian imagery of Christians being salt and light, which are both active metaphors, something changing the surrounding culture and something, something being able to intermingle and, and begin changing everything. And that sense of we're interesting, but not relatable may make it that instead of us being the salt, we just kind of sit there and people, people find interesting, but could never join. Hey, I didn't think we were supposed to debate on the podcast. (laughs) No, this is great. Um, I completely agree with you that people should not see us as only um, something exciting and, and interesting but hard to, to join. Um, and you mentioned the relatable thing there. But I don't think I don't think having some traits that might be looked at as interesting or old-fashioned means that we're automatically not going to be relatable. And I think that would be my primary objection <laughs> to your objection. Um, and so, no, I don't think we should go around kind of touting our museum um, our museum appeal. Mm. But again, if, if there are times where, you know, um, well, just to put it, just to put it very simply, if a, if a young, if a family with a few children and 
walks into a, a restaurant or something and they sit down and the wife is veiled and wearing a dress and th- people are obviously going to see something different and you might be able to say there's a certain museum appeal there. And if, it, if that's all that's there, then I think that's a, a problem. But we don't need to be embarrassed about the fact that if, if some of our families are, are going around and the world is seeing us, they, they see us and think, whoa, that's something kind of different and neat. I don't think we should try to run away from that. Mm. Um, but rather add to it. Like I agree with your description of the salt and light. Like, we are not salt and light by having, um, by having a big garden and by eating organically and driving a 12-passenger van. Um, I think I think that should kind of I think we need to be very clear about that. But neither should we be embarrassed about the fact that some of those traits may accompany it. For sure. Yeah, and I definitely agree that um, salt and light is something that is supposed that that does I think and and is always supposed to be defining us as believers. And yet traditions themselves don't necessarily inhibit our ability to reach out in those right. ways. But again, going back to the main point we've been saying here through all of these tradition episodes, we need to make sure that the focus is on the core of what we believe as being the thing that um, sets us apart. Instead of our traditions being the center, right. we need to make sure that we are deeply grounded in a sense of what's true and what's what's beautiful and what's right in, in relation to Christianity and be able to um, to share that. Not just our lifestyle, but a central gospel message. For sure. I'm not going to debate you on that point. Very well put. All right. Well, that seems like a good place to end this podcast episode. We will be back for another one. I think so. Pretty sure. (laughs) We haven't quite exhausted this topic yet. It's one of our favorites, I think.